Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcasts are not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. My name is Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansided and one of the co-founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast. You can find all the work we do on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod, where we tweet a lot about the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers. Joining me, as always, to talk Brewers baseball is Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And man, Trevor, it has it has been a while, I believe, since we last talked some Brewers baseball. So how are you doing over there? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Obviously still trying to figure this whole COVID thing out, and it's definitely limiting, and I want things back to normal especially at work. (laughs) The hours are getting kind of ridiculous. I've been screening employees and it's anywhere from midnight to 6 a.m. to any other six-hour shift you can think of throughout the day I've been working and it's just I'm ready for it to be back to normal as I'm sure all of you are as well. Um, But excited to talk some Brewers baseball um, and really look back at some of the great players that have been in this organization. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm working 3.30 to midnight for probably the next two weeks, So, <laughs> which doesn't really, it only screws up my sleep schedule a lot if I stay up past midnight like for a couple hours, and then I try and wake up at my normal time, which is like 6 or 7, and that, then I get screw myself later in the week, but... Oh well, we'll we'll figure it out here. Hopefully, hopefully May is when it all starts to turn around and some things can reopen and start those phasings that the government's talking about of reopening things. But we'll see. So I wanted to talk today a little bit about kind of making an all-time Brewers team, and I wanted to do it in a way where you didn't construct the roster. You know, based on like someone who had been with the Brewers for like 10 years or five years. I wanted to give guys who maybe only had one year or half a season a shot at making this all-time roster too. So we're going to construct a roster here. We're going to go through all the position players. We're going to pick one starting pitcher and then three relief pitchers. And we're trying to figure out who had maybe the best season at each position. So we'll kind of give our picks first kind of without any research, just kind of thinking off the top of our heads. And then at the end, I will reveal the all-time Brewers roster according to single season war. And that is from Baseball Reference, where I got all those war numbers from. So we'll work our way right down the list, starting at catcher. There are a few options to choose from, and we won't do this for every position, but there's Charlie Moore, the catcher from the early 70s through the 80s, Ted Simmons, mid-80s, 
BJ Scherhoff, late 80s into the early 90s, Dave Nielsen in the 90s, Jonathan Lucroy, who we're all familiar with, and then Yasmani Grandal made my cut for his single season in 2019. Trevor, if you had to choose one catcher, and maybe they're not from this list, who would be your catcher? In our last podcast, we talked about kind of the first memories that we remember. And the more I think about it and kind of look back at this list, I think I might have remembered before 2008 a little more than I initially thought. Um, But I don't remember the 70s. I wasn't alive. The 80s, I wasn't alive during that time. So it's hard for me to pick a lot of those players outside of, obviously, the obvious ones that we will be picking later um, that everyone knows about. But so I think for me, a lot of these are going to be newer players, which is kind of limiting, but... um, for me, I think I'm going to go Yasmani Grandal. I think he was very impactful. Um, looking at the rest of the list, it's one of those players that, even though he was only here a year, I think he was impactful and helped the Brewers enough that, for me, he's going to be on this list. Um, and the top of my list, Jonathan, Jonathan Lucroy was a very, very close second, though. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough, like you said. Like I didn't grow up watching some of those earlier guys play. So, yeah, my decision came down between Lucroy and Grandal as well. And the only reason I went with Lucroy was, A, I mean, Grandal's defense was pretty good last year, but I remember Lucroy being, everybody praised it for throughout the entirety of his Brewer career. And then he put together some really good offense years. I think it was in 2014, actually, was one of the, he was in the top five runner-ups for MVP. So uh, you don't see that out of a catcher very often. So, I think that's kind of why I leaned a little bit more towards Lucroy as opposed to Grandall. Switching over to first base, there are quite a few candidates. We look at the early 70s, you got George Scott. You look at the late 70s through the 80s, you got Cecil Cooper. Early 2000s, you got Richie Sexton, Prince Fielder, of course. And then I threw Jesus Aguilar on there as a wild card. I suppose you could put Eric Thames on that list too. He had a couple good seasons, but who would be your first baseman here? Yeah, and personally, I think Eric Thames deserves to be on that list a little bit more than Aguilar, but um, I'm not going to go with either one of those two guys. Again, I wasn't able to watch him play, but just the name Cecil Cooper, all Brewer fans should know that name, and he was very impactful for this organization, and as much as I absolutely loved watching Prince Fielder play and actually got to see most, if not all, of his career play out in Milwaukee. Um, I just think Cecil Cooper had such an impact uh, being on that 82 team and all of that. He was just, he's the guy for me in this list. Um, even though Prince Fielder, like Lucroy was in the catcher's position, I think Prince Fielder is a close second for me. Yeah, that that's who my list kind of came down to as well. And I was watching, I have YouTube TV and I hit the basically the DVR button on it and had been watching last week some of the 1982 ALCS and World Series games so I got to see a little bit of Cecil Cooper play there and see some of his season stats and uh, yeah he he definitely is up there but for me I, I went with Prince Fielder just because there's all those memorable seasons that I can think of like the 50 home run season uh, in 2009 he had 141 RBI season he holds the single-season record for walks for a Brewer from 2010 with 114 that Grandall nearly broke last year. So 
uh, you know, you take a look at one season and you think of 2009 when he had 141 RBIs, hit just under 300. I was like, that, that that's kind of who my vote for was, who I thought maybe had the most impactful season. Um, seeing how Cecil Cooper, I, you know, I he, I know he had a lot of great seasons, but you know, I don't know how it compares to Fielder when home runs are flying a lot more. And I thought maybe that would attribute to a higher WAR, but we'll find out at the end. Second base. This one gets a little bit trickier. We're going to run into some 70s and 80s players who may have switched around positions here as well, too. So keep in mind, some of these guys listed could could shift around later on as well, depending on how they did in positions. And when we get to the, the final war stats, how I did it is I took their war in whatever position they played the most amount of games at, that's what I counted as their primary position for that year. So just a heads up there. But some candidates for second base, you got Jim Gantner, Paul Molitor, Don Money, Ricky Weeks, Scooter Jeanette, Keston Hira. Uh, who are you taking there? So for me, obviously Jim Gantner, Paul Molitor, those are huge names. And I did want to get some of those old school names in there. But like I talked about last week, Ricky Weeks, when I first was a Brewers fan, he was a lot of the memories I had. He's just always in the mix, being that leadoff hitter. I felt like he was always, okay, not always, because he wasn't that great of a player. Um, but to start off games hitting some bombs, and it, it was just a player I liked to watch play. Um, and one of the reasons that I got into the Brewers was Ricky Weeks. So... Even though I don't think he's the best player on this list because he isn't and he isn't anywhere close to it, just from a nostalgia standpoint and having that leadoff power, I just love Ricky Weeks. So I'm going to pick him even though I know he's not the best player on this list. And I know you will mention at least one of the other ones in who you're picking. Yeah, I, I kind of went with the nostalgia pick on this one too. and It wasn't Ricky Weeks for me. I went with Jim Gantner just because he spent forever with the Brewers. And yeah, I know we're attributing this to best single season, but I felt like he deserved some recognition on here. Um, Paul Molitor also played some second base, but we'll, I go to him later. Um, so I went with Gantner on this one. I mean, I, even though, you know, his first career stats, he was just the 275 hitter, which is pretty, very respectable and not very big slugging home run guy, but productive throughout his entire career. Um, so I wanted to give him some recognition, even though. I kind of agree. I'm, I'm not quite sure he might be the best pick for this one either. Switching over to third base. A couple candidates we have here. Tommy Harper, Paul Molitor, Jeff Cirillo, Sal Bando, Aramis Ramirez, Mike Moustakis. Um, and then there could be others that you put on this list as well. But who are you taking at third base? Yeah, so the guy that I thought of, and I know you have him listed as a shortstop, is Bill Hall. Um, again, just like Ricky Weeks, he was one of those players that got me in love with the Brewers and in baseball in general. But this one, for me, it's really hard for me not to say Paul Molitor because I didn't say him for second base. So it's really hard for me not to mention him because he deserves it. So I think that has to be my pick. Um, I can't go through this and not pick him um, in at least one position. Uh, but I do want to mention... I think Mike Moustakis deserves some credit here, and he is he is the second one for me in this list. But Paul Molitor definitely, for me, deserves it for the third baseman. Yeah, that, this is the first one that we have the same here, so I went with Paul Molitor as well. 
looking at the list, I I put Aram on the list, and I was trying to remember. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure he almost broke like the doubles record for the Brewers during the one productive year he had when we first signed him, despite being pretty dang slow. But eh, it wasn't wasn't gonna get my nod. Jeff Cirillo was a, a close second, but eh, you have to go Paul Molitor. I agree. Switching over to shortstop. I think this one's obvious, but you, I mean, I'll, I just, I'll go first here. I went with Robin Yount, but he could also be a center fielder, so that's an interesting switch there, um, depending upon which season you want to look at stat-wise. But I went with Robin Yount, the kid here, because I feel like I have to. <laughs> yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, some other guys for me, well, mainly one other guy um, that I remember seeing play is J.J. Hardy, but... It's J.J. Hardy versus Robin Yount. I'll take Robin Yount every day of the week. (laughs) And another guy that you have to put on this list, and I was kind of trying to avoid saying the same player twice, and I just feel like uh, if you don't say Robin Yount here, it gets pretty tough because that center fielder position, it's it's pretty loaded. So I I definitely am going to go with Robin Yount for the shortstop and – for me, it's not even close. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, when I was putting together this list, I was actually watching one of the 82 World Series games, and Dale Swaim was on there. And you might know him as our third base coach currently, but yeah, he was a pretty good shortstop for the Brewers as well. Jose Valentine was another candidate, Mark Loretta, um, and then Bill Hall, as we mentioned, were some other guys who could have got the nod here. But let's get out of the infield and go to the outfield. So I... Rather than just doing three outfielders, I tried to break them up by position. Um, So again, using whatever outfield position they appear the most in for a season is how I rated it. Um, So we'll start off in left. A couple candidates, we got Greg Vaughn, Jeff Jenkins, Carlos Lee, Ryan Braun. Who are you taking out of left field? I think it's got to be Braun. I think those other players, you might have some sort of an argument, but for total impact, and I mean, he's had some amazing seasons, and I think he has to be the pick, no matter how polarizing he is or how many PEDs you <laughs> thought he took or didn't take. Um, I definitely think Ryan Braun has to be has to be up there um, with your pick, and he is definitely my pick, a guy that I have liked since he got into the league and for my eyes he's the best player on that list of left fielders. that's fair carlos lee was a was i was so close i obviously can't go against braun one of my favorite players of all time but carlos lee was a great power hitter uh in the early 2000s i i knew you were picking braun so i almost <laughs> went carlos lee but i could i just couldn't <laughs> not pick braun yeah that guy could that guy could rake out of the yard and i think he went to the the Astros after the Brewers, and I remember being pretty upset about that when that happened. But Jeff Jenkins, I mean, I loved him, but, you know, I just don't think he could put together single-season wars like the other guys on this list. So he was last on my list. And Greg Vaughn, Carlos Lee, I don't know, second, third, they're pretty interchangeable for me there. Switching to center field, yeah, Robin Yount, again, um, for both of us, he's unavailable because we put him at shortstop. Other options... All we should be f- pretty familiar with, unless Trevor can name a couple others. We got Niger Morgan, Carlos Gomez, Lorenzo Kane. So who are you taking? Uh, this one's so hard. It's so hard. Um, 
because all of these players were are or were extremely extremely fun to watch just they covered so much ground in center field um at times they all had pretty good bats i think even though i love him i think niger morgan is third on this list so it's between carlos gomez and lorenzo kane and both of these players i feel like highlight real defensive plays they're on the same level they all both of them make great plays uh defensively but i'm just gonna i take the power of gomez just a hair over lorenzo kane and it hurts me to say but i'm gonna take carlos gomez but you can't if you include robin yount you can't complain about any four of these players um if anyone were to pick either one of them i can see an argument for each and every one of them because as brewer fans these these four were big names, and even though Niger Morgan might not be on the same level as a player as the other ones, just as an impact to the locker room um, or to the clubhouse and all of that, I think he definitely deserves some recognition in this group. He absolutely does. Gomez had a tremendous 2013 season for the Brewers when there wasn't much to cheer about that year, but he was he was definitely one of them and the spark of the entire organization really at that time. But I, I went with Lorenzo Cain. I, I get what you're saying from the power standpoint, but the reason I went with Cain was in specifics to his 2018 season when he should have won the gold gloves, so that'll help drive his war up. He hit 308, drew 71 walks, uh, and was in the top 10 for MVP that year. So I was like, I feel like that would be the best war for a season. Um, but we'll find out at the end. But that's kind of what swayed my answer that way. Right field, couple guys we should all be pretty familiar with. We got Christian Yelich, Narichka Ayoki, Corey Hart. Who are you taking? This one's pretty easy. I will take Christian <laughs> Yelich. <laughs> um, those other guys, they were good players for the Brewers, but they are not MVP level, and this one is is way too easy for me. <laughs> yep. That one's a no-doubter, Christian Yelich, for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's transition into starting pitchers here. This was I had to do quite a bit of research, especially on some of the 80s, 90s pitchers, so some of them I'm not even quite familiar with, and there's a lot of options. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of pitchers as well, but I compiled a list of Mike Caldwell, Teddy Higuera, Ben Sheets, Doug Davis, CC Sabathia, Jamie Navarro. You could put Giovanni Gallardo on the list. Um, who is the one starting pitcher you're taking? Okay, so I was a huge Giovanni Gallardo fan. I'm not sure that he should be at least number one on this list. I definitely think he probably deserves some consideration, but I don't think he's number one on this list. I think <clears throat> low-key a player that could shock people um, and maybe not right now but in a couple years I think um, if we go through this again I think Brandon Woodruff could be on this list and I am very I'm thinking about putting him on here for me Um, but I think just as a guy that I remember growing up and who was very a very good pitcher I think I'm going to go with Ben Sheets Um, I'm very him and CeCe I feel like I could interchange and it'll be interesting knowing CC only had basically a half a season with Milwaukee, um, how the war numbers compare. Um, but I'll take Ben Sheets over his Milwaukee career over that half a season we had of CC. 
That's fair. I totally get your logic. Um, I did take the war numbers from CC's entire year in 2008. Does that change your answer at all? Um, I mean, he probably is over Ben Sheets, but I'll, I'll stick with Ben Sheets as my, <laughs> okay. my guy. I, I did go with CC just because I remember him being so dominant in that half season and his left arm willed us into the postseason that year, and it it was just incredible. Um, so I felt like I had to go with him, especially because I'm not too familiar with some of our earlier pitchers um, in, that were out of our time frame, unfortunately. All right, relief pitchers. We're going to choose three of them, and I put together a list here. I'm sure there's lots of guys I'm for, I'm forgetting, but... I put together a list of Ken Sanders, Riley Fingers, Dan Plesak, Francisco Rodriguez, Trevor Hoffman, Corey Knable, Jeremy Jeffress, Josh Hader. So choose three of them. Okay. So there was three people that instantly stood out to me on this. Um, there was some other pitchers that I did want to include, one of them being um, K-Rod. I wanted him on here, but I just couldn't justify for my three players. Uh, first, Riley Fingers. Um I mean, he has to be one of the most iconic Brewer pitchers of all time. So he is definitely on that list for me. He was incredible. Obviously, I didn't get to see him pitch. But just from him just as an idol in the Brewers organization, he's definitely on the list for me. If you listened last week, you know I love Trevor Hoffman. Um, Obviously, his career numbers, he was better in San Diego as a Padre and he might not be on the top three for war but I just he was an incredible talent and to get him in Milwaukee even though it wasn't probably in his prime he was still an effective pitcher for the Brewers and like I said last week anytime you heard those bells just chills and I always got excited when I got to hear those bells and he was one of my favorite pitchers on in the Brewers organization lastly I got to go with my my boy, Josh Hader. He is one of the most dominant pitchers in the league in the past year or two. Um, And just for pure domination and war, I think he is better than Corey Knable, Jeremy Jeffers. Even though they've had great seasons, I think Josh Hader's, some of his years have been absolutely incredible. And he, for me, I I have to have him on here. Yeah, Trevor Hoffman. You, he might surprise you. I mean, he, we, granted, we only had him for two seasons, but you mentioned him being an effective pitcher. Uh, 2009, 37 saves, 1.83 ERA, and 54 innings. So that, I mean, granted, the sample size is maybe a little bit down, but yeah, he was he was very good. So he could give you give you a good war there. We'll find out here in a little bit. Um, yeah, for me, Riley Fingers was an easy choice. Um, I almost wanted to go with Dan Plesak just because he's hilarious, but I didn't. Um, Me some- too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my other two were, were some of the more recent guys. I went with Corey Knable just because he racked up a ton of saves in 2017 when he kind of burst onto the scene and got all those opportunities, which is obviously why in 2018 when he struggled, we were all a little disappointed, but obviously he turned it around when it mattered most. Um, And then that's kind of why I picked Jeremy Jeffress, because his 2018 season was absolutely incredible. Um, And I I left Hater off just because the save numbers aren't necessarily there, which is also why he lost his arbitration case. But give it time. I think Josh Hater will definitely be one of the top ones here on my list um, when it's all said and done. All right, Trevor, are you ready for the reveal? I suppose. I I hope I get at least one player right. 
well, you you do have one right. Ding. <laughs> That's it. You do. No, you got more. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, L at catcher, the single season war record for Brewers is Jonathan Lucroy. 2014, he had a 6.4 war. At first base, we have Cecil Cooper. Hey. His 1980 season, he had a 6.8 war. At second base, I'm going to technically put this one as Don Money in 1977. He had a 5.1 war. And I'm going to say technically because Paul Molitor played primarily second base in 79 and had a 5.6 war. But if you take Paul Molitor's war in 82, he had a higher war at third base of 6.2. So we're going to put Money at second base, Molitor at third for those reasons. Shortstop, we have Robin Yount. He had a war of 10.5 in 82. Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Going to the outfield, Ryan Braun in 2011 is our left fielder. His 7.7 war. Center fielder, Carlos Gomez. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and in specifics to his 2013 season, he had a war of 7.6. In right field, we have Christian Yelich from his 2018 season, 7.3 war. Starting pitcher, we have Teddy Higuera. His 86 season, he had a 9.4 war. And then switch into our relief pitchers. The Starting from earliest season to latest, we have Ken Sanders in 1970, had a 4.6 war. Riley Fingers in 81, had a 4.2 war. And then in 2017, Corey Knable had a 3.7 war. Okay, that Robin Yount number is absolutely incredible. <laughs> like 2011, Ryan Braun, 2018, Christian Yelich are still over three points lower or just under three points lower in war than Robin Yount was that year. That is insane. Yep, the kid had a great year, that's for sure. Um, oh, hold on. So I actually I actually lied about one position because I put him down in the wrong spot. Uh, so my oop is actually Tommy Harper goes to third base. His 1970 had a 7.4 war, so I accidentally fudged that one. So I'll move Molitor back to second. So apologize about that. I, for some reason, put him in the center field category, and that's not correct. So <laughs> my bad. <laughs> yeah, that... That was a interesting little exercise, and we both got some right. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that. Well, I guess we both guessed Molitor, but just at the wrong position, huh? Yep, technically. Okay. <laughs> well, it was still still pretty close in terms of we didn't get a lot completely wrong, and that that's interesting that we did pretty good, even though we didn't know half of the players. <laughs> Especially some of the older ones. <laughs> yep, it, it is cool to go back and look at their stats and see what some of these guys did, even in the eras of non-juiced baseballs. And, you know, the game was just a lot different back then, but they put together some incredible, incredible years. And, you know, it's different. Back then, guys were playing, I think, a lot more every day, closer to your full full schedules as compared to today. And a lot less strikeouts and... Yeah, it's just it's a different game, but the war numbers kind of put everything into perspective when you look at it, like you said. 
So, all right. I think that will do it for us today. We will be back next week. I I have a, an idea of what I want to do, but I'm not going to promise anything. But it, it will be fun, and it may entail a little bit of diving into Ryan Braun. So stay tuned for that next week. Make sure you check out our other podcasts. We'll have one a recap of the NFL draft coming out for the Packers. So make sure you check it out, and we'll see you later, Brewer fans. Trust in Stearns. <laughs> <laughs>